0: Welcome to Mint, the podcast exploring the Web3 creator economy. I'm your host, Adam Levy, and every Tuesday and Thursday, I'll be showing you what's happening at the corner where crypto meets creators by interviewing Web3's top creative entrepreneurs, collectors, and founders. This episode is brought to you by the composable and decentralized social graph Lens Protocol, who's ready for you to build on so that you can focus on creating a great experience, not scaling your users. Guys, I've talked about this on the podcast before. We as creators need to break through a new paradigm of social networking apps that we control rather than them controlling us. Lens Protocol isn't a social media app. It's designed to let Web3 social apps bloom. Own your content, own your social graph, own your data. Lens Protocol is the last social media handle you'll ever have to create. Now, this is where it gets kind of fun listeners of the mid podcast are eligible for claiming a lens profile go to the show notes and fill out the survey in order to get allow listed for a lens profile you need the secret passcode also linked in the show notes to submit the form which is valid for the next 24 hours so go create your profile go find me and follow me i'll see you there this episode welcomes Miguel, the 20-year-old purple-haired developer who joined the podcast to share the work he's doing at WorldCoin, where he's spending his time in the bear market, new opportunities to look for in Web3, how to use crypto as a tool, and so much more. I hope you guys enjoy our conversation. Miguel, welcome to... Man, thanks for being on, man. How are you doing?
1: Thanks for having me. I'm doing great.
0: Dude, I'm excited to have you a part of season six. Uh, the biggest season yet, in my opinion. Uh, I'm also super stoked to have you on. You're pretty prolific in the space, uh, pretty well-known developer. You're relatively known for the purple hair that we can see on camera right now. Um, but I don't want to introduce you. Can you go ahead and give a quick intro of yourself, um, how you got your start into crypto? And we'll start there and work our way forward.
1: Yeah, so I'm Miguel. I work at WallCoin and I have purple hair. This is like the main things people usually That's know it. about me. <laughs> okay. I... I just like build a lot of things, and that's usually what people know me for. Just building all of the little things that I come up with. And I started in crypto last year, on around February, with the whole NFT boom. Uh, a little before that, I guess, and I've been in the space ever
0: since. So, actually, what what have you spent your time doing when you when you jumped into Web three initially? Like, what were the first few projects you worked on?
1: So at the start, it was mostly just like understanding how things work and what I could build with it. So I was building a like, on top of like Mirror, the publishing platform, pre on with RW and smart contracts. And then I got a little more into smart contracts. I joined Showtime, which was an NFT marketplace. And so I built, um, mostly front in there, um, a this marketplace and a bunch of other really cool things. And I started also looking more into smart contract and solidity and how to be good at that, gas optimization all of those things. And so I ended up leaving Showtime, uh, to focus mostly on those things. And then a few, a few months later, I joined, uh, WorldCoin as a blockchain engineer, but I ended up doing a little bit of everything there. Um, but yeah, and then in the meantime, I did Constitution DAO, which wasn't really great to call in, but it's still really cool. Right. And I've done a couple dozen projects on different themes.
0: Got it. So when you first initially joined uh, crypto, was it through the Ethereum ecosystem?
1: Yeah, there was there was a group of friends that had joined on Clubhouse and had decided to just like mix an FD together, uh, an NFT of a cabbage, actually. And at that time, I was playing around with uh, 3D design, like Blender and all those things. And so they brought me in, mostly to help with the 3D. I don't I, I don't I don't know if they knew I coded them. But um, that was like a big community of people that have ended up working in Arabe, uh, Rainbow, um, Sora, all of these really, really cool companies. And so it served as a way to get into the ecosystem and get to like ask some really smart people dumb questions for a while.
0: So when, when you initially joined, did you get like ETH pilled off the bat or did you have your, uh, your hesitations of the ecosystem and the overall tech?
1: I, I would say I got pretty ETH pilled mostly because of smart contracts. I had known of crypto for like a big while, but I never got into it because I thought it was just like coins going up and down speculation. And that's like, I didn't really enjoy that. And it was the, the idea of like, actually, this is more of like a global database that you can like. Put any kind of data in it, which actually brought me in. Ethereum is like the main platform that has those things. Those new things lately, but uh, at least uh, start of last year. Ethereum was like the biggest one, so that's mm-hmm. where I went.
0: So I'd kind of, I'd argue, you're like a little bit different than the typical twenty year old. Um, there's a lot of people in crypto that love like uh, prompting their age or like uh, like showing off their age. Which, in all due respect, if I was as young as you guys are, like I, I'd do the same thing. How have you made sense of having like so much experience and so much drive and ambition at such like a, a young age at 20? Because obviously this started way before you were 22, right? So like, how do you kind of like make sense of that? Like, is your are your family, like, are they a bunch of entrepreneurs or like, well, what's the backstory behind it?
1: No, my family are architects, actually. Uh, it was just like, I, I was always interested in like computers and like touching buttons and seeing what happened. I tried to get into coding a bunch of times, failed me because I was like trying to learn, um, from university level, C books at like nine, so that didn't go great. And then I got into like HTML and that was more manageable and go- went up to here. And for, for like years, it was just a hobby, like similar to how other people I don't know, play the piano or did soccer or whatever. It mm-hmm. was just like calling as a hobby. And I ended up calling for like multiple hours each day for years. And then there was a time where like, I went to college during COVID, so I wasn't great. And I ended up dropping out mostly because of COVID, but also because I was coding in class and not really paying attention to what's, what's the goal there. And so that was around the time that I got into crypto. And then I started to realize, like, actually, this is like, a thing that I can maybe get a kill for and not have to go back to college.
0: So were you studying software, uh, software development in college and you dropped out?
1: Uh, no, I was doing philosophy. I oh. thought that if I was to go to college for something, which I, I didn't really see as useful, I saw it more as like, a way to meet other people and have like the whole social experience. Right. I mean, COVID, that, that was the idea originally. Right. Um, I thought might as well just like go for something that I, it's hard to learn by yourself. I feel like I already had like the background necessary that I, if I wanted to learn something from scratch in CS, I already knew where to start looking. Whereas philosophy is like hard to learn by yourself when you're like, not super deep into it. So that's the logic there. Um, again, it was mostly for the social part. Got it. And that didn't end up happening. So I dropped out. But um, that was the idea, at least.
0: I think also another cool thing about your story is, of course, the purple hair, which everybody kind of like recognizes you for. Um, I think it's super important to develop personal brands in, in Web3 uh, because when you're working in DAOs or you're working in communities, you're working on projects, a lot of, I guess, like your personal brand reputation comes into the picture and you've developed something that's very noticeable. About your personal brand, right? So, why of all colors, Miguel, purple, number one? Um, and how often do you dye your hair?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I like purple. I, I was really surprised because I mostly did this like um, I have wanted to do it for a while. So why not? Uh, when I was in it last year. And then with like the of no stuff, it caught on as a meme. Right. And, like, the New York Times publishing the whole like purple heart developer. <laughs> and then that became a thing. And so now everyone like knows about it. But initially it was just like, Oh, I, I just want to like dye my hair. A lot of people have done that, it never got this big. Um so it's been really, really nice. And like people recognize me now, which is kind of cool. Uh, I usually end up dying it around like three or six months. The color of sticks, but the the roots mm-hmm. grow, mm-hmm. so I just have to like keep that in control. If I'm it. like a little bit more. If my hair is not such, such a mess, you cannot really see them, but I, I just woke up. So this is how they are.
0: Yeah, You know, I think there's a, there's a creator. a get the
1: unfiltered, Miguel version.
0: Right, right. <laughs> I was going to say, I think there's a creator in all of us. And I think there's different ways to expressing your creativity. You express it either like through the projects that you work on as side hustles or you just feel super excited about through your hair, etc. cetera. But uh, I'm asking like this next question because you wrote an interesting piece about a month ago titled, Web3 is not a space, but a tool, right? And uh, considering you're super expressive, you're super creative, you found ways to express your creativity using Web3 primitives, NFTs, tokens, DAOs, et cetera. Can you talk more about that article that you wrote um, and sort of like its takeaways?
1: Yeah, so that came mostly from like, I go into crypto. And it was like, wow, there's, like, so, so much stuff to learn. There's about DAVM, MEV, NFTs, all of these different things. And Synology Proofs, all of that. And I just, like, dived right into it. And for almost a year, I was just, like, doing research. Just, so like, catching up with this place in terms of knowledge, which is really cool. Because now I can kind of, like, explain and know all, all of those things. But I realized after, like, doing those things that, like, the thing that I really, really like to do is build. I'm super happy when I can just, like, get do a project now we can like get shit and that's super cool and that like all of these things that I had learned weren't necessarily getting me close to that and it was mostly just like um recognition that like there's people for the less kinds of things maybe everyone can do everything but like the people enjoy more one thing or another like I met some of the paradigm uh, team last week on they retreat. And there's people there that are super passionate about research and about all of the things that they are learning and uncovering, like making new paradigms by itself. And that is really, really cool. But I feel like that's not my role, or at least that's not the thing that I enjoy most. And it is mostly a recognition that kind of kind of got lost in the meme of like all of these tokens and tokenomics and all those things and i still feel like there's some value in that but i think we maybe just like overweight those values and there's a lot of people especially now doing more like expat with nfts or expat with crypto which is not inherently useful by itself you have to like add something new i I remember a threat that i made actually a few months after I joined the system said, like, if if you can replace your Web3 thing with Stripe, it's not Web3. And I mean, I I don't want to gatekeep Web3, but I still stand by that in terms of, like, these things enable really cool things and really new things. Lens is an amazing example of, like, something that is enabled by the blockchain. I think Walcoin as well. But there are some other things that are just, like, not that useful. For something that just, like, wants to build good things... Just like focusing too much on all of these things that are going on every day it's not that useful and i feel like it was just like a piece of warning because i got down i went down the rabbit hole for like a year and it took me a year to realize and get a little bit out of it so I, I just wanted to put that out oh, there yeah. for anyone else who who has was who feeling around the same. So
0: that tweet thread it went viral. I think November 2021, um, just from like the the looks of it. And uh, you sort of like depicted your mental model of evaluating and finding like innovative opportunities in Web three. And you talked about how like the first instinct of most people is just to like make X, but in crypto now or X, but with NFTs. And I like this one thing that you said. It's like instead of thinking how do we build X in Web three, think what does X look like in Web three. What are we trying to achieve with X? What's a new way to get there? Um, so I guess like on that train of thought, like I'm curious how you envision the creator economy in Web3 because you're a creator yourself, right? You you create projects, you're a developer, you're a relatively creative person. Uh, and I think a good a good example is social, like you mentioned with, with Lens Protocol, for example. So I guess like just using that mental model, like what does maybe social look like in Web3? What does the creator economy as a whole look like in Web3 from your point of view?
1: I can I can give you a developer answer, which is like social looks a lot more composable. Okay. And I especially really like the idea of lens where like if someone follows you on one platform, they will already be following you in, you in the other one. And so you're kind of like in a way all of your followers are like compounding and are exponential. Because the algorithm for your it's going to become your content everywhere, not just in one platform. For like like the more general answer for creators. I honestly don't know. I feel like this to not like really going deep into the problem and figuring it out, figuring it out. And I haven't really had the chance to do that yet. I, I feel like it's not going to look like the, I don't know, there's like this music NFT stream. Mm. I think you're interviewing Cooper one of these days. I, my feeling for that is like it feels too fabricated. It feels too artificial, kind of like people trying to push a narrative. Again, it, it might work, but my, Feeling of it is just like someone needs to just like come up with something like that from scratch. Like someone that, who is not poisoned by like the narrative and all of the music and of the tweets and all of that needs to actually like build something from an and need instead of from, a, I feel like the NFTs could work with music, which is why I feel it's mostly coming from. Again, there's like some really cool projects that's royal, but like, um, I forgot his name. He's if he listens to this, he's going to kill me. <laughs> um, by Blau and like a bunch of other things we, where I think is uh really cool and those people actually have more, much more experience but then I see other things but which I feel like are just like I have experience with NFTs. let's try to like talk with some artists and like make the thing and I feel like that's more much more artificial similar to how there was this Doge meme where like please please double the original Doge picture and try to like make it into a meme coin by tokenizing it. And it really didn't take off. And so I, I always use this as an example like something that where you try to manufacture mm. something that like happened naturally in some other way. Like Doge worked, but this I think it was I don't remember the name of the coin. But this sort of thing didn't. And the, the difference mostly was, was just like Doge was not serious and this we they actually tried to engineer it and it didn't work. And I feel in a similar way with music NFTs and a bunch of other creator economy busy narratives. Like I don't know, it might work. I I really haven't done that much research. But my view is, like it feels too artificial okay. to like actually work. So let's thing. let's talk
0: about that really quick, okay? Because I I really do enjoy collecting music NFTs. Um, I've worked with artists that kind of like minted their songs, um, and I really do believe in the narrative. Whatever it ends up becoming, I think these primitives have enabled creators and music artists to kind of like find new ways of monetization and fan engagement, and that the technology enabled that, right? So what what's happening right now that that you think needs to change so that it doesn't sort of stay as a meme and actually like embeds itself as a practical tool, as a practical model for, for creating music and building a community of fans.
1: I feel like what needs to happen. And I, I prefix all of this saying that this is more just like philosophical on my part, more than actually useful. I'm not an artist. I'm not a musician. I really haven't been like micro focusing on the space for, at all. So this is just like thoughts from what I see on Twitter, which may not reflect sure. reality. <laughs> but I feel like the thing is just like when I see those those narratives, when I see these things, but like me as like the album thing was also like a big one for a while. It just like pushes me away from building on those ecosystems. In general, for because just like it feels like they already have the narrative and they're fabricated. And if I go and make something from scratch, which is how I usually like to make things, it's like not looking at what everyone else is doing and just like building my own thing. That's why I feel like releasing it. I, I don't feel like you can do it in those systems. And my issue is not necessarily that like the things that are out there might not work. They might, I have no idea. There's a lot of people throwing money at them. So maybe, um, it's more of an idea of like, I feel like I, I'm probably not the only builder who feels like alienated from the space because of all of like the busy narrative. And again, I feel like this is similar with like several tokens, which are really not that complex and people made them into a huge thing. And now they were doing like solvent in places where it did make, where it made no sense, we can even funding from that. And I feel like that just like prevents me from like going and making some really fun things like the solvent NFTs. So it's more of like a narrative versus builder thing than it is like an actual functionality thing, but I do feel like the more builders that we can have working on different solutions to this problem, the best, right? So I feel like it. I'll it a little
0: bit. What's up, guys? Sorry for the quick pause, but I wanted to tell you about Bello, a new blockchain analytics tool I built that helps Web three native creators and communities learn more about their collectors and their on chain behavior. Through a simple search, Bello's intelligence can help you figure out a price for your NFT drop, show you what other communities your collectors are a part of, and empower you with insights to make confident decisions on how to grow your community. I built Bello with you in mind, so as a creator myself. Bellow's helped me make money by finding sponsors for the podcast and allowed me to curate better content for you guys. And now it's ready to help other creators too. If you're a Web3 native creator, NFT project founder, or community manager, join the waitlist to try Bellow's beta product today by signing up at bellow.lol forward slash join. That's B E L L O dot L O L forward slash join. All right, back to the episode. So what are some of the more, uh, exciting applications that you align with that haven't necessarily fallen into the meme category?
1: I, I've been really excited for a while about like, um, so, and, um decentralized social and there's like a little bit of a meme there, but I haven't seen that many people talking about it. They, they talk about lens they talk about like maybe build cloud that was a thing, but they haven't talked it about a second degree and I feel like that has a big, big potential. In the idea of like, oh you you as a developer want to build a social network, you literally only have to like build the web. You don't have to like worry about all of the complex stuff that goes afterwards and also it's all connected by default. I feel like that's a really powerful idea. Even for like people that have nothing to do with crypto. Because you really don't need to like know about crypto to build on these things. And then I'm also obviously really excited about civil resistance, which um, I, I work at Watkins, so obviously. Um, I would say those are like the main two things that I'm like really, really excited about as in categories. So wh-
0: like, let, let's dive into WorldCoin really quick, because I think it's a really unique project when it came out it made headwinds. Um, why were you so aligned with WorldCoin's values and what it was trying to tackle?
1: Yeah. So back when I was working at Showtime, we had a, th- a project that we were building that would require really strong silver resistance, um... And so I was tasked with like looking at what was available there, what we would like be able to integrate into the flow to for sign up for this. And it turns out that there's really nothing there. Like there's Bright ID, which is like hard to verify if you're not like part of communities and stuff, and also not that strict, like someone sufficiently motivated can like register multiple Bright ID accounts. There's pretty humanity, pro humanity is good. Um if you don't care about like attaching your a video of yourself to your wallet which some people might i personally do not uh the issue is there's um you have to uh stake 0.1 until the review goes through it's manual reviewed it's slow it's not a thing that you can just like say okay step one you put your email step two you verify your humanity and step three you use the thing like it's a big wide gap and so actually the the summary that i went from the exploration was like the, our best solution was to use KYC, which I. Really don't like mm-hmm. but it was like the only way of doing it in a way that wouldn't just like alienate a big part of our, of our use space and then a few months after that uh Walkman came out and everyone was just like really really upset about that i remember the day that it came out everyone literally everyone on Twitter was like on them. and i looked into what they were building and also this was around um uh east lisbon so i also got to like talk to one of the people from the team that was there and actually ended up getting getting scanned there. And I made a thread about, like, why I think this is good. I think this is, like, mostly why I think this is private, which was the concern that people have. And obviously, people really didn't like the thread. I made another, same thing. And so after leaving Showtime, when I was looking for something to do, which I felt like was great, I felt like it was probably the most interesting project in the space for me. So it feels like there are, from the big problems in crypto, number one, scalability, but there's, like, a lot of really, really smart people are working on that already. And there's optimism, mm-hmm. Arbitrum, CKC Inc. Literally everyone is working on that, even Vitalik. And then the civil resistance, which I would say is maybe probably number two, or at least it's needed to unlock a lot of the things that we've been wanting for a while, like true quadratic voting, quadratic funding, new government nest mechanisms, better airdrops, all of those things. And it really doesn't seem that there's that many people working on that. And from the people that are working on that, I, I am convinced that like working is the actual way to do it. So I decided I'll, I'll go there and help them out. And a thing that I really like, I originally wanted to go more in like the game ecosystem. I was talking with Dan Hoffman. I was talking to Big Head. I was talking to a bunch of companies doing this thing. And the thing that got me into working is they, they contacted me and they say like, Hey, we know that you said that you want to have a decision on where you want to go for a month. Do you want to like, Work for us that month, and then you can just like go away and never talk to us ever again. Which I thought was like a really good offer for just like playing around with it, right? And what actually got me those days, I felt like they are really, they were really li- willing to listen to whatever I said. Sounds like I don't know. I feel like the perspective from me mm-hmm. is like super busy, pack, mysterious, evil, even. And from the inside, it feels like literally whatever idea I brought up, it was actually like carefully analyzed and thought about. And even now, I'm. They they involved me in, like the decision process and like talking with investors, all of those things. And so I feel like I really felt like I had um. I mean, I, I feel like the team already really understands the idea of like privacy and the ethos of what we and all of this. But I feel like I felt like I had the I could yeah. like, help them with that, and I could just like help steer into like more privacy preserving, more like all of those things and. Help make it better. And so that I feel like that was so being what recognized, being
0: heard in a project that was so big and so impactful sort of uh, uh, motivated you to keep going. So I'm curious like when you joined, you had a bunch of ideas that you brought to the table, you felt listened to, uh, you felt like your contributions were, were were valued. What were some of your biggest concerns in entering WorldCoin that then got addressed um, when you actually joined the, the organization? Right? Were they like more of like the the, the consumer facing concerns like are we actually gonna scan people's eyes? Like doesn't that seem a little bit dystopian or was it more of an infrastructure like play? Like what were the biggest things that were running through your head?
1: I mean we've been we've been doing that okay. for like one and a half years. So I, I don't think that and I knew that. I I not understand before. No, the main thing was just like I felt like we need to be much better at communicating with the crypto audience. Cause I feel like when the big media companies are looking at this, they say, okay, it's a crypto project, what does think crypto think of this? And so I feel like that's great. Also, we, we do have a protocol and which I personally think it's really cool and we want people to build on top of that. So on those terms, I feel like it was really important for the crypto community to get to know us more and maybe to like understand what we're doing a bit, which they seem really attached to so that would get there eventually. Um and so my my focus at this—I remember, like the first actual week that we got to the office in Germany—was let's kind of, kind of like make a content plan. Let's make some. Let's write some threads. Let's write some articles. Let's explain how these things work. And that has slowed a bit. We want to open source the or the hardware for the Orbnex, but that has like a bunch of like license things on top of that. So we're working our way there. But I feel like that was the main thing. It's like getting that message out there. Because before that, we had been in stealth, and so we couldn't really explain what they were, we were doing. And we announced, like, this is welcoming, but we didn't really say that, that much about how it worked. Or in, like, a 15-minute article that I think, I feel like no one could put Twitter read. So I feel like that was, like, the main concern. And I feel like it's, there's still a lot of work to do, but there's been a lot of effort in terms of just, like, putting content out there, talking to people, sponsoring hackathons, having, like, people in it global build with it, I think in, in New York, we were like the second most built project with and like OpenSea was there. Mm-hmm. First was Superfluid, I think. But like right before Superfluid, uh, on top of like everyone else. So I feel like that's like people are starting to understand really what we are doing. And I'm
0: really, really interested in that. So outside of WorldCoin then, like where, where are you focusing your energy in the bear market?
1: So as I said, mm-hmm. I've been having a lot of fun with Lens. I feel like there's a like great combination there of um, the developer experience is amazing. And also there's not a lot of stuff in the ecosystem yet. So you can have an idea like build it really quickly. Probably no one else has done that yet. I, I built a Hugging News clone. because so I thought like that was a good basic example of how to make a lens front end. I built a bunch of utilities, like something to embed your lens prof lens posts in your website i think to redirect to multiple front ends um i think to post your lens post to twitter and i'm building on um web 3 youtube kind of top of lens which is basically it's like a lens client with a youtube interface that only shows videos but i think it's really really cool because you start having those specialized interface for video and all those things that can then have some more things on top of them so i've been i've been having a lot of fun in that ecosystem and then i've also been working on like some things outside that pretty really have nothing to do with crypto uh for the first time in like a year so i've mm. i've been really really excited about that as
0: well i guess i want to ask you a couple more questions uh before before we wrap up um what are some like new yet to be discovered opportunities in web3 that excite you most maybe that extend beyond social
1: i feel like there there are two answers to this i'll keep the answer from like um I go into Web3 and I want to, like, do something and be you known from something. What do I do? I just feel like there's a lot of, like, information asymmetry. And there's people, like, doing the whole, like, thread or thing. But there's, like, I feel like there's, a for, there's an opportunity for someone who doesn't really make threads. just like, makes a tweet. And the tweet like, a summary of everything. Or maybe just, like, a illustration or something that, like, illustrates these things. I really like visualized Value, or, like, Web2 and, you know, and they've done some Web3 things. I think he, there's only one person there, maybe, I think. Uh, Jack Butcher, but like something in their style, maybe a little bit more complex that explains things in crypto, I feel like would be really, really welcome. So from um, I want to build my personal brand in crypto, that would be like my guess. And then in general of like niches and stuff, I still feel like social is going to be big. I feel like um, there's still I'm still like really, really bullish on wallets. Um. My, my original thesis for, like, Rainbow was, like, it's, it was going to be kind of an OS for Web3 with, like, all of the different applications implemented by themselves. I'm not as excited about Rainbow anymore, but there are some other wallets. I'm really excited about, like, Sirion, uh, which I feel like has stepped up their wallet game recently, or the one that we're building at Falcon, which people will get to see soon. But we've gotten some feedback from, like, actual people mm. saying, like, this is the wallet that I give my grandma, which is, I feel like is a golden standard for wallets, and I'm really, really excited about that. But I feel like there's still like a lot of stuff to be there. Also, the family team—I haven't seen the wallet there, but I talked to them when they were like starting the company, and I'm I'm really really excited for what they will come up with. Because first of all, they are amazing designers and like builders, and also it seems like they have more of a focus approach with like the wallet. is more of like a collection of your wallet entity more than just like a list of tokens. So I'm cool. really really excited to see what they come up with. Um, okay. So, so I want to bring so some questions
0: amazing. from Twitter. This next one may be similar to the one I just asked, but I'll I'll give it a shot. What is one thing the dev community is excited about that no one else is? Hmm.
1: It's one thing that the community is excited about. I feel like in general, just like, better tools. I've been saying there was, like, rainbow kit that came out to connect your wallet, now disconnect kit from the family team that would say switch to. And these things just, like, make development really, like, at least front end, much, much easier and much more better for users. There's also WAPME, which has been building for a while, and Ethers, you know, who, who has been around for a long time. And there's been, like, a lot of really advancements in, like, developer experience recently, which I feel like no one else cares for, but, but developers. But I still feel like it's really, really exciting to see. And the other one I would I would say is, again, like, there's some projects with DX Again, <laughs> I have to go back to Lens because I feel like it's the best example of where they build it so that even people that have... That scripture never can still like build on top of it really easily. And that was that was one of the things that, that attracted to me. Even if I hadn't really cared about all of the other stuff, I feel like it's really, really easy to build on Lens. And for developers, that's like really, really cool because you can focus on like building the more complex things and then just like get integrated with. So those are like the major okay. things, but it's mostly just like developer experience. Cool. Uh, and the last really question I have for you
0: is: name a creator who has used Web3 tech, NFTs, tokens, etc., really well. This one also came from Twitter. Mm.
1: Maybe an example of this would be Machinoda. I've I've been following him for a while. I'm a big fan of like Linkin Park and all the stuff that he's done. And this was going to NFTs. He was. I don't think he was doing a few. I don't know what he's doing now, but he was doing, uh, Tesos NFTs. Which has like a more of a like a community, but he really I feel like he really got the thing of like actually um, this is my music NFTs going back to it, but he's he's not as far as I know like any music NFT platform. He was just like doing little songs, doing little drawings, making the NFTs. He made an album where like the art it was funded by NFTs. I feel like that's some sort of the way, at least compared to the other mainstream creators that I've seen getting into NFTs, whoever you just like, get an A for that's either just like, launch an NFT and then never do anything about it. I feel like it's a really good example of like, doing it like homemade, the creator base, like more of like a less professional thing, less scalable, but still actually like, understand. I think this is a great
0: place to end off, Miguel. Thank you so much for being on. Before I let you go, where can we find you? Where can we learn more about what you're working on?
1: Yeah, so there's um, Twitter, obviously. It's M1GalPF. Then my website, miguelpiafita.com, there's a page that I don't think most people realize that there is there. It's miguelpiafita.com slash experiments, which is an aggregation of all of these random tweets where I say, hey, I built this or I built that. Those are all together in that page. Amazing.
0: Uh, Until next time. This is great. Appreciate you.